Good ideas are like red wine. They need time in the cellar for refinement. Here's where I keep mine. Welcome to 55 Degrees. May 28, 2010. My dad had a saying when I was younger. Son, into each life a little rain must fall. That's a nicer way of saying no one gets through life without having to take a bite of the shit sandwich. Our portion came in the form of a diagnosis this week that my wife has ovarian cancer. This is the worst part of the for better or worse promise we made to each other 20 years ago. Last Wednesday, during her annual medical exam, her OB detected a mass in her lower abdomen and investigated further with an ultrasound. He found a mass about four and a half inches attached to her right ovary and quickly scheduled surgery for Monday morning to have it removed. We waited three days on the lab report and discovered Thursday that the mass that was removed from Karen's right ovary was indeed cancerous showing two types of diseased cells, one he described as less aggressive, the second more so. His advice to us was focus on the positive aspects of this discovery, the first being how early this was detected. There is microscopic evidence in two areas of remaining cancer cells, but he said that chemo does its best work at this level. She will meet with an oncologist in the next two weeks, to determine the next level of treatment. In the initial minutes after the doctor left the room, we sat in silent disbelief, trying to get our head around what it will mean. Karen's first response was, well, I guess I'm not the first woman to find out she has cancer. How instinctive our nature is to take solace in community. I remember when Karen first became pregnant 20 years ago and miscarried only about eight weeks along. As a young couple, we were obviously sad and uncertain about what had just happened, but then a surprising number of women came to her side with a similar story. Oh, that happened to me too. It didn't make the pain go away, but knowing that there were others who knew what this felt like and could articulate it, it was more than helpful. It was incredible. At this point, there are more questions than answers. Karen will be off her feet for a few weeks and away from the restaurant. Thanks to so many of you who have sent flowers, email, and text messages saying that you care. We do have a good community. That was one of the many posts that I made concerning our experience with Karen's cancer treatment over nine and a half years. In the early draft of writing the book, the chapter on cancer was about 15,000 words, and my editor asked if we could get it down under 2,500. That showed me how much effort I poured into my writing with that subject matter. Our lives were immediately changed on Tuesday, August 6, 2007, when the doors of our restaurant were open. There was no turning back. The future was planned for us. The restaurant would be open regardless of what or how we felt. We couldn't just shut down for a day or a week because we were sick or tired. 
Business had to carry on. Our lives were forever altered that day. Three years later, when we received the word of cancer, we had precedent in understanding disruption. We both realized that asking the why question, why did this happen, was not going to be useful. Our mindset was this. Okay, another setback. What are we going to do? I titled this episode, The Strange Reprieve of Cancer. Because suddenly, the conflict between us because of the business had subsided. And we had a new common enemy called cancer. Our focus shifted toward fighting the disease instead of each other. Our staff stepped up and helped carry the load. And she was no longer able to work regularly. And my team ensured that I was able to be there for all the appointments and all the chemo treatments. It's weird to say the reprieve of cancer, but when the business failed, there was a lot of anger directed toward me. But with cancer, no one was mad at me. Everyone was supportive. As tragic and as difficult it was, people came around, and it's amazing to see what our community did. Cards, flowers, acts of kindness. I remember one guy came up to me and he was obviously a little flustered because he didn't know what to do or what to say. And he said, can I just go wash your car or something? And I handed him the keys. And learning how to receive kindness is important for the community around us. Allowing people to serve gives them the ability to say, I love you. And if I don't allow them the ability, then I'm robbing them of the joy of serving. We got lost in the crisis by our community, and it was oddly comforting. The initial surgery was in May of 2010. Chemo started about a month later after she recovered from that. And I became familiar with words and terms and places I never wanted to know about. But we had a goal in mind. We had an Irish festival planned in Weston, Missouri in October of 2010. That was our finish line. And part of my fascination was with that little town and the Irish lore is that weekend. Because as we showed up, Karen in her scarf looking very frail, women sought her out. Other women came around her, and I don't think we bought a single Guinness all weekend. Because again, ladies are saying, oh, honey, I've, I've been there. I know what you're dealing with. You're, you're going to make it. Tell me your story. And it was so powerful. I think I've been looking for that feeling and that experience ever since. It was such a beautiful moment with strangers I'd never had. And she got better after that, slowly, was in remission for another year. Our conflict was diminished, and 2011 was one of the best of our marriage. Then we were away in Portland in April of 2012, away on our food trip. We, we like to take an annual trip to a city, and just for the purposes of eating and interacting with other owners and chefs, and find out what's happening in the food world in that city. And on the last day of that trip, she told me the bad news. 
she had gotten a phone call saying the CA-125 test that she had before she left was elevated and that the cancer had come back. She waited to tell me at the end of the week because she didn't want to spoil the vacation. Well, that led to another round of chemo, followed by radiation. And one night at the restaurant, I was going around from table to table like I usually do. And one woman said, you're Kevin, aren't you? Aren't you're, you're Karen's husband, right? And I said, yeah, uh-huh. And she said, I'm her radiology nurse. And all of us in the office want to be her. And I laughed and I think I knew what she was leading to. But she continued her story and said she would come into the office and we wouldn't, we wouldn't know who's the patient because she just walked in large and in charge saying hi to everybody and talking and asking, let's get this done and I got to get back to work. Because she would ride her bike over to the hospital, get her treatment, and then ride back downtown because she had to get to work. And I think it was this common enemy that met her drive. And I think that's why she did well. A second surgery was required after the treatment scheduled for November of 2012. And our good friends, Dan and Sonny Parsons, rallied the community and planned a fundraiser with my good friend, Chef Clayton Chapman of the Gray Plume in Omaha, alongside Chef Eric Layden and Uncle Matt. And there's a link in the notes that shows a review of that event. It's a YouTube video that was really, um, really great to watch again and see all those faces and see Karen's shining face as she lit up the room, as she always did. I don't think most people realize that she was scheduled for surgery that next day, but that's Karen, not going to miss out. And that event raised enough money to cover our out-of-pocket expenses. And I recall the afternoon sitting at my desk with a stack of bills next to me, sending payment after payment in full, shredding each statement and bill as I paid it, getting to the end of the stack and breathing a huge sigh of relief and a prayer of gratitude that that was over, that was lifted. And her OB gave us some very wise advice. He said, stay off the internet. Focus on the positive. These are just numbers out there. They're not necessarily yours. And that proved to be true because a disease that normally has a life expectancy of about 18 months, she beat it back for nine and a half years. And even in her final months, she went out on her terms. And her hospice nurse recognized, told me privately, she's a strong-willed, independent woman. And this is going to be a very hard process on her. She was right. It was difficult. But she also went on to say, I'd rather see her die on vacation than at home because she was just sitting around trying to be safe. And again, another great bit of advice given to us. And even though now she's gone, I'm grateful for those days. The community of support that we received was unbelievable. And I think it shows the power of a restaurant. Because my mother-in-law... At the event, 
asked, who are all these people? And I said, but they're, they're friends from the restaurant. They're, they're guests and people who enjoy what we do. So they're not your church friends. And well, some are, but no, they, it, it's people from the restaurant. She just shook her head. Who does that? And I think that's what set bread and cup apart for the 10 years it existed. Next episode, I'll share about the progress of local food that I witnessed over the 10 years and the relationships with the local farmers and growers that made doing business with them so rewarding. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening.